Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Devil's Advocates podcast. I'm JP. I'm here with uh, BP and Andrew today. Um, merry day after Christmas, guys. <laughs> I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in long enough that happy Thanksgiving, happy Halloween, and merry Christmas, boys. Yeah, yeah sounds same about too. Right. Sounds about right. Uh, how was your holiday, guys? Good. Um, I don't know if I'm the only one here who does the same thing, but we do a lot of family things. Uh, Christmas Eve. I don't know if that's like an Italian thing or whatever. We did everything Christmas Eve. We had my sister, brother-in-law. Uh, my niece had her first Christmas this year. Uh, my brother was over with his partner. But yeah, we did everything. And my grandma. Uh, but we did everything Christmas Eve. And then Christmas Day is just kind of like veg out NBA basketball all day. Yeah, that's uh, quite quite advantageous for me that europeans do that because my family does christmas day but my fiance's family does christmas eve so we've never had to fight over where we're going each day um you know whose house we got to be at when it's always just you know over there christmas eve and over here christmas day so i did that again this year is beautiful no drama uh you know with, with between the families on uh on timing so we love that uh but yeah now i'm just uh chilling get through uh new year's eve here gonna go on quite a bender i'm sure but you know such is life you know <laughs> i was yeah i was i was lucky enough to have both thanks or thanksgiving christmas and christmas eve at my house this year so i didn't have to do any traveling at all um and you we don't had... really appreciate sorry you don't really appreciate the lack of driving until you have people come to you my sister and her, my sister and my brother-in-law's family all live on Long Island, and we go there out. Maybe we go there. We go out like maybe like once every couple months, whatever, for some like family event. But like, if I had to do that like yesterday on Christmas, no thanks. I know there's not a lot of people on the road, but pass. Yeah, I was I was also grateful to not have any one of my extended family over. It was great. It was me, my folks, my sisters. It said lovingly, of course, yeah. <laughs> respectfully. Yeah. <laughs> It was great, dude. It was so quiet. It was like the quietest two holidays we've had. And yeah. I'm going to yeah, message ever. this episode, the link to this episode to all of your extended family members. I hope so. Yeah, they can I bet that. I can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm say the, the, the number one thing we got for Christmas was a win heading into break. I don't know if you guys were around, but the game against Detroit was electric. Uh, especially, you know, we play them two days before Christmas and we played them the night before Thanksgiving and the night before Thanksgiving was quite possibly one of the worst games of the year. So to come back and get a W this time felt good. Gentlemen, I'm not going to lie. I remember, I vividly remember the last time we recorded, I was like, it was Detroit. I forget who we played after, but it's not important. I was like, we got to go off. Like we got to win like two or three in a row here. That was probably <laughs> the worst game I've seen. Like in probably in a couple of years, that was pretty brutal, but no, it's, they win um when did we play saturday so i think saturday but, but i mean regardless it, it was a feel-good game like it felt like the devil's like it felt vintage even though the score it was a one one goal win like they felt like it was like okay we're the better team we're the better team we're the better team and it, it took a little while to get to where we wanted to be but obviously getting the win in the end is important i know like jp and i bp to an extent to our like process driven but it's like don't care just get the win like i don't really care at this point just stack wins because it's gonna get late relatively soon if you can't get uh more wins in the win column yeah especially after that horrible oilers game that was just bad all around that yeah, was and... that was deserved yeah. oh yeah absolutely and i think that's where like people get impatient especially when it comes to analytics is the process can be in a certain spot and the results can be somewhere else. And, you know, especially when we had the John Gillies, Andrew Hammond devils, there was a lot of, that was falling on deaf ears. what's that? The analytics were falling on deaf ears. It didn't matter how well they were playing. Exactly. It, it was, they were losing every single game and we had people saying, well, they're really not playing all that terrible. They're really just getting these awful results because of the goaltending you know, just give this team goaltending and you'll see such a difference. And then that happened and we did and stuff. And I feel like we were kind of falling into the same pit this season where the results are not matching quite what the analytics are saying. And of course you want to hold the faith and say process is working, just, you know, fix up these one or two things and it'll be okay. But then you hit a certain point 
35 games in the season here where it doesn't even matter if the process looks good if we're not getting the results like there is no moral victory in missing the playoffs no matter how you want to spin it so i think that's where people not to say that analytics are incorrect or you know it's it literally can't be incorrect we all know that but that's where people i guess get impatient and kind of lose their faith in them and have this issue where you know using the analytics almost becomes dunking on yourself when the results aren't there so we're definitely seeing a little bit of that frustration. I know you guys feel a certain type of way about that. It also comes with the territory of like you fi- the team finally has expectations. Right. Yeah, like, that's like, exactly what I was going to say. It, it, yeah. So like, sorry to interrupt, but like, like two year, two year, like, two years ago, like in the in the goalie year, it's like you can look at like it's like okay, well they like they owned X amount of like expected goals, or whatever, whatever, whatever. Last year, it's like the same thing, but it's like because we didn't make the playoffs that we didn't set a franchise record, so it's like. Look, this is like this is working. This is working. This is working, and then again this year, it's just to touch on the John Gillies thing, it's like the goaltending is like almost as bad as it was two years ago, but now you have the expectations, so it's magnified even more. It's like this is terrible. This is the same old devil, same old devil. It's like, well, no, the team's better, but the goaltending is just as bad, and you spent assets to try to improve it. Well, it hasn't worked. The thing there too is that last year Vanacek and Schmid were you know, at least league average goaltenders, right? Day in, day out. Vanchek saved, like, five goals above expected, yeah, which, like, exactly. just goes to show, like, how be- how how good this team can be with, like, even just, like, the smallest amount of goaltending. Yeah, exactly. And and the, the Oilers game was just yet another testament to that, where, you know, Vanacek was... Schmidt let in two goals on two shots. I'm not going to comment on that because that was bad, but the defense was also bad there. Um... He got pulled, and then Vanacek was, like, genuinely very good for almost two periods. And then as soon as the third period hit, three softies in a minute, and you're just like, well, shit, here we are again, and we're going to lose because our goaltenders can't stop a beach ball. My cope with that game was you didn't serve to win. I don't care if you were winning. Well, I do care that they were winning. Obviously, (laughs) I would have liked it. Again, results at this point matter, but, like, I was like, okay, well, you can't really be mad because, like, that would have been another like Edmonton at October game. It's like dominate, dominate, dominate. Your goalie lets you down, and then you lose. But yeah, you know. And then I guess the Flyers game too. Um, that was more defense oriented. I think that was the turnovers and the Jack turnover and overtime. That was Jack oriented. And then in <laughs> the Anaheim game was just like an absolute disaster. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, and it's so funny. And I know this is your sports fan bases. This is not devil specific and it it's just always going to be like this but it was genuinely funny to see people start turning on jack hughes over a two turnover game it is so so incredibly to a t like clockwork that no matter who a player is he messes up once or twice and the fans immediately are like uh maybe he's not what we thought he was trade him i don't care like get him off the team uh you know maybe we shouldn't have given him that contract or whatever they want to say i mean i didn't see too many calls for trades but you know because he is actually jack hughes at the end of the day but 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 you you do see these people come out of the woodwork being like oh he doesn't look like himself this season and it's like he's on a 130 point pace this season you're saying he doesn't look like himself like what are you it's like that um that meme format of like what is blood waffling about? Yeah. That's like <laughs> that's like genuinely how I feel when I read this shit, but it's 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 so every single time, every single time they turn on so quick. Even Jack Hughes, he's not invincible. Like what's going on there? I will be honest, I was in the camp of being disappointed. I think that just again it comes with expectations, but not for the team, but for the player. You already had one egregious turnover. Like again, like we're not gonna get into the debate of like whether the turnover was egregious or not. I thought it was. That you, I mean, you have a guy on your shoulder. You probably should be making that play. Whatever it happens, it comes with the territory of him being hot and high volume player. You're just like he carries the puck. I think really more than anyone else in the NHL. So like that's bound to happen. I wasn't happy with it, but like again, like sure, like I trust you to make the right play. It didn't work out. I'm mad, but it's not like you're like I'm on like some tirade. It's like, see, I told you so. Like he's gonna come back down to earth. He's not really this like 99 point player. It's like stop, enough. <laughs> so I agree with you, and I agree with the fans to an extent, even though I hate agreeing with the vast majority of our fans. Yeah. Oh, well, it's it's funny that you 
you know, talk about the, the volume versus the level of mistakes because it reminds me a lot of basketball players. I mean, hockey is such a team sport that everyone's touching the puck. Everyone's on the ice. You, some guys get a little more ice time than others, but generally it's a, you know, 18 skater game and pretty much every skater matters. And basketball is more of a sport where one or two guys are going to be on the floor literally the entire game. They're going to have the ball in their hands the entire game. And their level of play pretty much dictates whether you're going to win or lose. And, you know, that's where the LeBrons and the Currys and the Giannis's come in and they win every single game because they're just that guy. And Jack Hughes, I feel like, has a little hint of that in him where when he's on the ice, the puck's on his stick. Period. Like, there is no alternative, really. Um, and he's going to be on the ice for most of the game. I mean, they're going to double shift him when they're down. They're going to send him out there in every situation they can. They'll run a six-minute shift at the end of the game if they have to. So he reminds me a lot of a basketball player there. And hockey fans aren't used to that. Hockey fans are not used to having to recall a player having more than one mistake in a game. Because if you make a mistake in a game, you know, that's probably your only one because there's so much else going on. Whereas, like, a basketball game... LeBron can make five mistakes in a game, but that's because he has the ball for 40 minutes in, in a right. game. So I think we're starting to get a little taste of kind of that sentiment of he is going to have one or two mistakes a game. That's because he has the puck a million times a game, right? Yeah, I mean, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's always a confirmation bias of the people who think that he probably shouldn't be, it's not worth X amount or whatever. It's like, it's just because the pucks end up in the back of your net. It, yeah. It's also just that, too. It's like he probably had five other turnovers that game. They just didn't end up in the back of the net. They were just going to profile. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing, too. With, uh, and, like, you know, in, in some sort of sense, he's also similar to Damon Severson, right? Where for the yeah. bulk of... Revenge game tomorrow, the, by the way. Oh, I know. I'm so excited <laughs> to get absolutely dunked on by Sevo. Um, we're like, for the vast majority of the game, he's good, right? But then he makes, like... The one trademarked Severson turnover or, like, own goal or something where you're just like, all right, well, fuck it. This guy sucks, right? <clears throat> and it's kind of like that that similar element. But, you know, as BP was saying, like, no one would notice if he didn't have the puck on his stick 100% of the time. And there are only a couple players in the NHL there. who do that. Like, it's, yep. it's Jack, it's McDavid, and it's McKinnon. And, like, that's those are the only three guys in the league who do that. Yep. Yeah. And and um, just to touch on the confirmation bias thing, I don't think we've recorded since these comments, so I'd love to uh, run over them for a second here. But there was, um, you know, a few weeks back where Brendan Smith was questioned uh, to Lindy Ruff and Lindy Ruff gave a quote along the lines of, well, you guys only, you know, look at it when it's in the back of the net. There's, you know, plenty of plays that happen otherwise in the game that you guys aren't as critical of because they, you know, don't end up in goals. So you guys don't notice them as much. And then uh, in the same breath, I'm pretty sure in the same press conference may have been earlier in the day or maybe in the same one. He said, uh, when asked about Alex Holtz, why, you know, why did he get moved down? Why did he get benched? And Lindy Ruff's response was keep the puck out of the net and you'll play more. Um, and I feel like we just have to take a moment here. Like, was that not the most ridiculous thing like possible? I mean that that quote in and of itself is horrible, <laughs> horrible, and couldn't have come at a worse time. Yeah, and you're like you're defending Brendan Smith, who's like easily the worst player on the team, like by every metric. Yeah, yeah, like, like yeah. <laughs> oh god, oh, Lin, he's Lin, been pissing gotta, me off recently. We gotta find a name for uh, Lindy Ruff's little. I don't know. He picks a favorite or two every year. I mean, Miles Wood was definitely that guy last year. We got Brendan Smith as well. We got like Lindy Ruff's fraternity of boys or something. Like he he, he picks his boys every year and he just goes to bat for them. And then he got um and again not to speak in memes here, but it's like uh, that one meme where the the they're in the pool and they're holding the one person up and then it's like the skeleton at the bottom of the pool is just Alex Holtz. <laughs> <laughs> like Lindy Ruff holding up Brendan Smith. And at the bottom of the pool, there's just, you know, Alex Holtz's skeleton. It's like, it's like worst player on the team, and then Alex Holtz yeah. at the bottom. <laughs> most, efficient, most efficient five-on-five goal scorer on the team. He's just, like, drowning. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just so ridiculous. Um, and not to not to continue jumping around here, but 
we've missed enough time that I feel like we got to just touch everything that's been going on lately. So let's talk Alex Holtz. I mean, I have some tweets that maybe were a year too soon from like summer of 2022 where I was just like, Alex Holtz, certified goal scorer, just you wait, you will all see. And I finally feel vindicated, gentlemen. It's oh, yeah, he's like phenomenal. I mean, when he doesn't play with Chris Tierney and he scores goals, like, what a surprise. <laughs> what a surprise, right? I'm going to be completely honest, and I don't know if this says more about me or Chris Tierney, but if you put five guys in a room and said, pick which one is Chris Tierney, I don't think I'd be able to do it. Yeah, I don't know what he looks like. I have no idea. I, was like, I feel like... Remember when Justin Dowling, speaking of people in the room you wouldn't be able to pick on, remember when Justin Dowling made, was like a PTO and he was like at some concert at The Rock and beginning of the season and everyone's like, who is this guy? And people were like, Devil's Twitter was like on the website like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Yeah. I, thought, <laughs> get, I thought that was Chris Tierney. Can we get a headshot or something? Like, <laughs> yeah. And it was like, it was like pretty notable players. Otherwise, I mean, not that any of them aren't, but like, it was like, you know, Nico oh, and Jesper and, and, and then Dowling. And it was like... <laughs> Is this, it's like one of their friends from like hometown or something. <laughs> like, I feel like, and and it's every year in the NHL. I mean, every year in most sports, but every year there's at least like two or three guys that fill in on the fourth line that are on one year deals that are not going to be with the team next year. They weren't with the team last year and, or these, you know, PTOs or, or whatever. And I feel like every year I do a pretty good job of like knowing who they are and they, they're, you know, they're a part of the team, but I feel like this year's group between Nosik like not playing at all and Tierney just being completely unrecognizable. Like I feel like outside, or, or maybe we just got so used to the core that you know we have all these guys locked up for years and years and years. We just settled in with them. But I feel like this year, more so than other years, I don't know like who these like you know Nosiks and Tierneys are. Like, I, do you guys feel the same? Am I just checked out? You forgot a uh, Max Wilman. Exactly. Like, <laughs> if he didn't go on like an absolute heater of scoring like a goal in the three games he was up, I would have had no idea who that guy is either. He scored in the first game he played in Chicago. Yeah, and then he did jack shit like, for the I next. I was just like, oh my god, Lindy's gonna bury a Holtz for this. He did. Yeah. He did. Yep. He literally. Yeah, it, was a sick, it was a sick goal, dude. It was a, it was a breakaway. Yeah. It was. It was a very nice goal. I mean, hey, I don't get me wrong. I started making the memes and coming up with some catchphrases for. For Max Willman, and then I had no reason to use them after that. Um, exactly. But I, I do have the deep fried uh, Max Willman just loaned your team to Utica meme <laughs> that uh, I got. I got pretty good use out of for at least one night there. But uh, oh, yeah, no, I don't know. I, I I really can't tell what it is. I don't know if it's just me or if it's something about them. But I just like feel like I don't know. I'm not familiar with any of these guys. I think it's because you're used to, like, the Tom Sestitos of the world, like, guys who are, like, devil's lifers in the AHL who never play in the show. Like, you, like, know of them, but you're like, mm -hmm. who's Tom's? Like, you might have not known who Thomas Nosek was, like, a year ago or, I don't know, like, a year and a half ago, like, Curtis Lazar, but, like, now these are the plug, yeah. so to speak. But, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just, like, I, tyranny has been so bad that I haven't even bothered, like, doing any research on him at all. really good, like, on those shark scenes back in the day that constantly made like trips to the Western Conference final. Like, he was really good. Honestly, I vividly remember trading for Chris Tierney, one of my NHL BGM modes, and he was like my like stud second line center. He was really good. He's not good anymore. <laughs> so yeah, well, I mean, Nolan Patrick was my franchise center in NHL 20, so. Bro, poor kid, by the way. Just touch yeah. on that real quick. He, I mean, yeah, I I mean another thing that happened. I don't think he actually retired. I think that was like fake news no. or whatever, but. No. Obviously, stepping away from the game, taking, I mean, he made the right choice to be just for my two cents. Like, he's younger than like he's younger than me, and he's like had like I don't know how many concussions, how many like injuries, or whatever. So, shout out to him. Hopefully, he's doing well. Um, yeah, so, and I. Wait. Sorry, finish, finish. No, I was good. Sorry. Okay, well <laughs> then I'll just go fuck myself. Um, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> No, you know what? I, I said this on Twitter, too. It is so um, just unfortunate when a guy who, you know, has a career like that where he can't even be considered a bust because, you know, a draft bust would really be due to poor play. And he really never got the chance to even show what he would have been as a player. So you got to feel terrible for him. You know, I, I wouldn't even call him a bust because and, – and it's not even just like – one or two injuries that really like 
sidelined him. It was this chronic, you know, medical condition he had. So it's it's really like no matter how you look at it, you just gotta feel bad for the guy. I mean, it sucks. There's really no nothing redeeming about it. I you know I feel bad for him, and it it truly will be one of the biggest what ifs of recent hockey history, at least. And because I I'm sure you guys remember leading up to that draft, it was Devils Flyers one two. And there was this narrative of, okay, well, these teams are going to get a guy that's going to make them good for years to come, and there's going to be this renewed Devils-Flyers rivalry for the future. Um, and it'll always be Heashier versus Patrick and who has this better career. Um, and we are kind of, you know, I don't want to say robbed of that because, you know, no one did the robbing. But, you know, we were kind of robbed of that. And it sucks because it really could have been a lot of fun. If you played on these flyers under John Tortorella, I think you probably would have seen like a Sean Couturier like career. Yeah, like, he I had all, see he that. had all, like, all the makings of being like a really good, maybe not like the gold, like the point score that Nico is or Jack is, but like 60, 65 point score who is good both ends of the ice PK. Like, I mean, it just stinks. The guy literally never had a chance. That's yeah, I mean, part. he would he would play five games, get a concussion, be out for three months, come back play five games and get another concussion and be out for the rest of the year. It was, it was really sad. And, yeah, and yeah. to make it worse, almost, I mean, to me, it makes it worse, but like he didn't retire. Right. So like now he's no, like, he he's like sitting at home and he's seeing all these tweets about like, Oh, Nolan Patrick's retiring poor kid. And he's probably just like, I didn't fucking retire guys. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a break. <laughs> yeah. Like save your pity for when I do. And then, yeah. then, then we'll talk about it. Exactly. Yeah, so I, I guess if the news came out that he didn't actually retire, we should, like, take all this back and just be like, well, he's just a guy then. We don't feel bad for him. <laughs> <laughs> he's an unretired NHL player. No reason to feel bad at this moment. <laughs> oh, man. Nah, speaking of speaking oh. of injured players um, and kind of pivoting back to, back to the Devils, um, how bad do you guys miss Dougie? What do you mean, Simon? Simone Nimitz is the best player to ever exist, apparently. <laughs> Just like what we talked about with Jack Hughes, I mean, it, it, everything is so reactionary. And, and don't get me wrong, I love it. It is my favorite part of being a sports fan. It's, it's like... It's where you, you can get, be irrational with no consequence. Right. Yes, you get to be outrageous on purpose, and it's okay. <laughs> there, there are no, like, real-world implications. Like, nobody's going to die because I am overreacting to this, uh, you know, hockey game or whatever. I might. Actually, yeah, I, I, I might kill... I might kill Jupe at some point. Um, <laughs> but, no, it, it, it's – so, like I said, don't get me wrong. It is my favorite part of being a sports fan, and I'll put that out there forever and always. But it is funny to watch, you know, Nemitz play – I think after, like, two games, people were like, wow, we have no need for Hamilton. You can ship him off. We don't care anymore. We have a guy who's even better now. And it's like – is Nemitz going to be amazing over the course of his career? Yeah, probably. I have full faith that he will be. But is he currently a net positive value over Dougie Hamilton, who's, you know, for all intents and purposes, before injury, still in his prime and killing it out there? Um, no. Yeah, not, is even, a rookie. not even close. <laughs> it, it's not even close. I mean, I'll let you kind of continue on because I know you have the – numbers and data and stuff to kind of really discuss that but <laughs> even um even well, like no. for the for the eye test people or, or you know even for the common sense people here your you know rookie of the future is going to show flashes of greatness it, it's just not the same as having like a bona fide superstar like dougie on the team so i'm going to miss dougie i already miss dougie i'm happy that nemitz is stepping up in the way that he has because it could be a lot worse right now but we're not going to sit here and pretend like Dougie being out is a net positive for this team. It's, that would that's ridiculous. No, I mean, I, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I I want to I want to rip on the eye test people a little bit here, um, specifically oh, for you, a, got, you got you got beef, beef. Yeah, I have I have beef now because I use the word chaotic. Okay, my eyes, I'm I'm watching Nemitz play. And he, as a defenseman, is running all over the place in the offensive zone. He's leading odd man rushes. He's going behind the net constantly. He's leaving one man back all the time. 
and I use the word chaotic on the internet to describe how he plays. Oh, yeah. And I got so much shit for that for no reason. And people were like, no, dude, he's not chaotic. He's just ridiculously aggressive. And I was like, that's the same fucking thing. That's the same thing. Yeah, people least... see chaos as bad, so they thought you were saying bad. This also should be, it should be no, I mean, it's no surprise to anyone here because we pay attention to, during draft season. It should be a surprise to no one who paid attention that this is how he plays, like, on a regular basis. Yeah, the, he's, he has always been this type of player. Like, he, where I would he argue. His, he literally started his first career goal. Yeah. Like, he had no business being in the slot. Not, not a little bit. And if that pass went to, I, who did he score against? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Seattle, yeah. If that pass goes to a Seattle player, that's a three-on-one, right? Like, that's bad. <laughs> At the same time, like, it's worked for the most part thus far into his very, his very, very, numbers very are, His underlying numbers are pretty good to this point. Yeah, so, like, he's, like, he's been right. good. But, like, if, if people are going to sit here and say that he's not, like, for lack of a better term, chaotic, mm-hmm. I think people are kidding themselves. I mean, I like it. Oh, I it's love good. it. It's so much yeah, no. fun. It also work, uh, works that looks better when it's with Siegenthaler, not Kevin Ball. Just to put that out there. Uh, Ball's you know been, how, you Ball's know been how, genuinely bad this year. Well, Siegenthaler's been, been bad this year, too, but Ball's been bad. I mean, Siegen, I mean, not to, we don't think of the Siegenthaler. This is about Nemitz and Dougie. But just to touch on the Dougie part, I'm using Michael McCurdy's uh, data that he has on his site. With Dougie Hamilton, the expected goals four per sixty are three point seven, which is a plus forty percent compared to league average. Without Dougie, it drops two point six five for minus zero percent, so league average. And the the defensive metrics are negligible at best. That's point one seven better without him. So, if you think they're more better off without him, I- sorry to say this, but go get checked out. Yeah, get, like legitimately. Get, get, get lobotomized because there's no way that this team is better with missing another 20 goal score on the team because he was on pace to do that again this year. Yeah, 20 goals, like 80 points is what he was pacing but for. But don't, don't get me wrong, like, it could be, like you said, it could be worse. This could be, we could have like a Max Woman on defense getting these minutes, but it's your former number two overall pick who will be playing in this spot maybe like two, three years when Dougie's slowing down a little bit. So it's not the worst thing in the world to see him get that role now and look again he's played really well like everything you everything you everything you look at with his numbers it's like okay yeah like he's doing well like slightly above league average obviously there's some goals against that he's on for i put that more on seeking dollar for he has this like he's doing a lot this year seeking dollar pinching over to nemitz's side leaving the guy wide open back door it happens way more often than not and i feel like i'm losing my mind i'm like is anyone else watching this happen like over and over and over and over again, that's killing me. But Nevs is playing well. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's doing great, and like I said, it it just helps that he is doing great. Uh, another talking point I do see a lot that again I just absolutely love is the goalies started playing a little better, you know, in the few games that uh, after <laughs> Hamilton's injury, and um, you know I, I, I do think that less his own exits are good. What's that? I said, I too think less zone exits are good and more time in your under good. Right. Um, but it's just, you know, for, for like at least a few games, like a two, three game stretch, like maximum I'm talking here, the goalies like played a little better. And um, people were going like, oh, like yeah. ever since Hamilton went down, we're letting in less goals. The defense must be doing better. Like, and it's just like, brother, like there's a whole nother component to, to less goals here. Like <laughs> the goalies are going up and down here. It is not Hamilton. Um, it, was, it was literally, yeah, I remember that. exactly. It was, well, in the, the Seattle game, that was like the first goalie win we had all season. The shots were like 39 to 17. Yeah. And then, yeah. Wow, that looks great. It's like, no, that was probably the worst game I've seen other than the Detroit 4 nothing game. Detroit and then Edmonton a couple yeah. days ago. It's like, that game was terrible, but they won. Yeah. Again, yeah. like, I don't, I mean, I don't know, bro. Like, thinking you're better off without your highest paid player. And a guy who does basically no one else and like he's most he's one of the most unique defensemen in the NHL. Like other than like, I'm looking at his heat map on the site, the entire right side of the boards is just red because he just pinches and shoots everything on net. Like no yeah. one does it like that. No one does it like Dougie. 
I think the only comparable defenseman to him right now is Evan Bouchard, who has also got, gotten so much shit this year for no fucking reason. He got well. He got the goaltender's line letting everything in treatment too. Yeah. I vividly remember that because he's Evan Bouchard is on my fantasy team, so I pay attention when he plays because I want to see him do cool yeah. stuff. But I know it's like Ryan Whitney. I mean, obviously he knows a lot more about hockey than I do, but he's like, "Oh, this guy's terrible. Like the defense is bad." Blah blah blah. Every, again, everything you look, it's like, no, this guy's really good. Yeah. Like him and my team back home. Whenever Ekholm got to Edmonton last year, like the one good move Ken Holland made, like every like I don't know, he just started. He just started playing well. Like. Shocker, like, get an offensive guy, a good defensive defenseman, and you'll reap the benefits. I thought Elkhomp was excellent, too, against us. Oh, yeah, they, they've been phenomenal all season, the two of those guys. Um, but back on, to, back on to, you know, Nemitz for a sec. The one place he does not need to be right now is the penalty kill. He's been atrocious killing penalties. Same thing, same thing with Dawson Mercer. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, but you know, one of the one of the comments that I received was, "Well, like Lindy Ruff is playing him in all situations, and you don't see Dougie Hamilton on the PK." It's like, yeah, he's playing. Right. He's playing on the PK, but he's not doing a good job. Like he's he's actively hurting our penalty kill. It's kind of like um, I don't know if either of you watch uh, Parks and Rec. Either one. Yeah, yeah. I've oh, seen yeah. bits of these. Yeah, it's like the one bit where. Um, uh, Anne's talking about how Leslie made her watch all seven Harry Potter movies or eight Harry Potter movies. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was eight. Um, she she says something like, uh, you know, Leslie made me watch all eight movies. I don't even like Harry Potter. And you can hear Leslie from the back being like, what do you mean you don't like Harry Potter? You've seen all eight movies. <laughs> and, it, and that's that's like kind of how I feel where it's just like, oh, yeah, Nemitz is on the ice the whole time. He must be good. And it's just like <laughs> – not doing a great job at it you can't use that as an argument yeah i mean he he has been he's been good he just hasn't he's like he's not the messiah that people think yeah. he is i can rip off more stats with with or without stats if you want to on yeah I've if, had you, enough could, of if you could pull hey hey no more stats you watch it Let's i'd just, like to hear i just want to hear nemitz's defensive stats how about some <laughs> beers or something expected beers per 60 uh, so <laughs> I, i'm at like Three or four. <laughs> so, so his the width he's at a two point nine expected goals for plus ten percent and on defense again minus is good two point oh two for minus twenty four and one hundred and ninety five minutes. So that's good. It's, well, it's, not, it's not like he's playing against like the Nick Deloriers of the world. Yeah, he's playing against like other teams like top competition because again, he has to remember right. that he has to. Right. He's doing good. How about uh, how about PK stats? It's also sorry. Yeah. Plus fifteen percent, so bad. Yeah. But again, this is just like people feel like they need, like they have to have like a very like specific opinion on a player. Whenever like whenever something happens, like okay, he's playing well. He's not Dougie Hamilton. He might end up he might end up being Dougie Hamilton in the future because there are maybe just because we see Dougie on a regular basis, there are some similarities to the game. He can't shoot like him though, but he sure as hell can rove like him though. Yeah. It will it will give me increased anxiety every time he does it. Yeah. But I love him for it. Yeah. Because um, again, also, it's supposed to be fun. I just, I just had a thought. Um, complete ADHD brain here. But we were talking about kind of the lower role players, and and that I didn't know kind of any of them this year. Uh, there's one that has absolutely stood out as a guy who I thought was going to be another face in the crowd, but has actually kind of been killing it. Curtis Lazar. What has gotten into him? To I saw you. I saw you tweet about this the other day. He's such a dog, man. I, no, I, so I think my tweet was like, it needs to be studied how he went from does this guy even exist six yeah. months ago to like I would literally die for him now. Like he's an absolute dog. He is just all over the ice. He's scoring goals. Like he is the you know the kind of guy that I would like remember from the other teams that like I said I don't like I don't know these guys this year because not doing anything. Curtis Lazar is doing something. I hope he sticks around. He's like a, a lot. Like this is based off of like him being here for like less than a year, but he feels like a very more likable, if it's even a phrase, a more likable version of Steve Bernier, and it's giving me like CBGB vibes from 2012. <laughs> what a throwback! Am I, am I wrong for that though? No, I don't think so at all. Uh, the one place he does not need to be though is in the top six. I was gonna touch on that though, but I did oh, see. Yeah. I think C. Well, I agree. First of all, like let's just make that very clear, but. For the role that his line, him and, and he was on a line with Nico and 
Brad or was it Palat? Palat. Palat. So, yeah, I mean, those three guys as a trio, they had one specific job. I think the chances for when they were on the ice, they were hard matched against the Larkin. Larkin, yeah. Larkin, it Kane line. And I don't think they... Well, Kane scored, but I don't know if they were on the ice for it. But the chances for and against were, like, heavily in the devil's favor. And again, that just goes to that's like a Lindy thing that he did that worked out, but he'll get no credit for because he's currently in the doghouse with 95% of the fan base. You're again, goddamn right he is. Again, yeah, I think he deserves well, that. Right, rightfully, well, rightfully so, I agree. But for that, that was, it was a good point, I thought, at least, because if there's one line on that team that can't kill you, it's them. And Nico obviously held it down as he does. But, like, would that result have been any different if it was Brat on the second line instead of Lazar? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Right. Like, I, I think... I think that's, just to shout out to yeah. that's just a shout-out to Lazar because he can play that type of game and to to touch on Palat. Yeah. He's been one of the best players on the team this year and no one's talking about it. He has. And I hate saying that because we all know how much I hate that contract. Uh, if you could score a goal or two, that'd be great, though. Hey. It would be nice I... if he got on the board a bit more, but he, yeah, he's been real... Real solid. Until he's a not active detriment to the team, I will stand. Currently not a detriment. Yeah, I mean, I hope he's I hope he's a net positive for his entire really shitty contract. But you know. Yeah, yeah. Let's just throw six million at a guy to not be a net negative. <laughs> he's That's a he's a big he's. I think statistically he's having one of the best seasons of his entire career. That's correct. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell it to the judge, pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No more stats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, I, uh, I want to touch. Sorry, go ahead, and then I'll jump start. Something no, I was up. just gonna say I have uh, been working on new ways to dismiss people, and uh, tell it to the judge is like my yeah, current yeah, yeah. one I'm ripping. Uh, I also um, a personal favorite. I know it's like super popular. This is not original in any way, but not reading that essay is perfect for anything, um, especially if it's not even a particularly long thing that you're responding to, like. One of my good buddies, who I roast all the time, texted me yesterday, Merry Christmas, and I responded, not reading that essay. And uh, <laughs> it just always plays. Uh, it, it's great. It's great. But we can continue moving on now. So on the topic of bottom six guys, um, someone who's carrying Timo currently, Mikey McLeod, again, just keep trucking along from... He's... We all know why he's a big talking point, but the play on the ice kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, I, I kind of felt bad pumping my fist there a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hockey. Woo. I don't but, know that I would say the play on the ice speaks for itself. <laughs> I think there's a lot of things that need to, well, need to be spoken for. <laughs> sure, you know what I mean, though. All, the, all I'm going to say is I really, really, really hope he's innocent. Yes, that all, that's all that needs to be said on that. But for the sake of number 28, I hope he sticks around as well because that seems like a pairing that kind of is just working. <clears throat> I mean, McLeod's been one of the best passers on the team. I think he's what, second most pass-heavy forward on the team to Brat. Probably because he can't shoot. Yeah, he's one of the worst shooters I've ever seen, actually. Um, but he's really, really, really strong in the puck, really good at puck possession, really good at transitioning. into. The, he's a free zone entry. We have three players who are just free zone entries, and he's one of them. Yeah, I think uh, he's one of the best players on the team statistically as well, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone's very aware of my personal feelings on the matter, so I'll put those aside for a moment here because, you know, I, I do think those are kind of, uh, they overshadow really anything that's happening on the ice at all times. So um, I'll just leave it at that for now. But um, in the 2020 season, I think I remember, like, <laughs> I remember when uh, they had, like, 10%, 20% capacity games uh, with, the, with the cutouts in the seats. I remember going to one of those. Uh, but I remember it was around that time where, he was just hitting every net like one of those uh like uh Luis Mendoza and the Mighty Ducks like couldn't stop like he was just crashing nets all the time he was always getting the puck and just running with it and that's when that motor mike nickname kind of took off and i was all in on it man like i was like motor mike was my boy at that time and um last year i just up until the playoffs i feel like we like didn't see any of that i, I felt like he was he didn't have that motor inside of him. He, you know, my my phrase for the year is he's got, you know, and everyone else again, not super original here, but you know, didn't have that dog in him this year that, that he had before or um, last year that he had before. And then I think some 
switch got flipped uh, in the playoffs last year. I mean, we saw it in the Game 7 goal against the Rangers, and then he was absolutely flying in the Carolina series. And that's carried over into this year where he's got that motor in him again. He's just, you know, he just feels like he's on at all times where it feel like he, he took like a one-season dip in that. So his play has been amazing. He's been, uh, um, you know, if Jesper Bratt is an analytical darling, Mike, Mikey McLeod is the eye test darling where the people who – you know, use words like grit and physicality. Just absolutely love Mikey McLeod right now. Um, and, and he's playing really well. That's not even like a cop-out because they sometimes they use grit and physicality for the Rasmus Ristolainens of the world when, you know, it's not so not so great. But, um, no, he, he's been doing everything that he should be doing. He's carved out a role for himself on the team, at, again, at least on the ice here. Um, so off-ice stuff aside, if – going just on based on play alone i assume he has an extension in his future yeah For sure. I, I hope i hope if, i mean everything pans out the way like in a positive light i can't see a reason why he shouldn't be on this team again to your point of him carving out a role he just seems more comfortable also off the ice him and nate are like really good friends with jack and dawson so like just have like having like it's like okay yeah yeah like i'm part of the team like four years ago or whatever it's like he was like, okay, this guy stinks. Like, you draft this guy 12 overall. He hasn't made the show yet. What is his role? Well, his role now is third line center, first line PK, free zone entry, Timo Meyer enabler. Like, win faceoffs. Like, best friend of the best player on the team. It's like, that's important too. Like, again, like just to touch on like on ice stuff, like, I'm sure that that means a lot to him too. It's like those guys are like genuine friends off the ice. So, again, hoping everything works out on. The legal side of things, everything, but for the purpose of on ice play, I uh, couldn't be happier with how Mikey Lee McLeod, the player, has turned out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the player. I mean, and, yeah. and you were, BP, you were saying uh, he's kind of like a, an eye test darling right now. He's, he's also an analytical darling right now. Like, it, it, you know, that's one where it actually, like, genuinely matches, like, perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. I mean, it just, uh, it's just funny that the, aspects of the game that he's excelling at right now are the you know the aspects that the eye test people usually bring up for guys that aren't excelling at it just to say they are you know what i mean yeah face-offs hits grittiness yeah all so so silly when they're used incorrectly but he seems to be using them correctly right now so i have uh no complaints on the ice the goal he scored the other day, too, was, like, typical Mikey McLeod. Like, he had his stick on the ice in the most hunched-over position possible, and he just got it over the pad. It's, like, fluttering. <laughs> He's, like, it yeah, goes yeah. down. It's the most Mikey celebration. But, yeah, <laughs> playing well. And then, kind of kind of on the same token, uh, is Timo back? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I think he scored two goals, and that's what I think happened. You know, like, I don't think that changes – uh, where he's at physically right now. He's clearly playing not at 100%. Um, I don't know to what percentage degree he's playing, but I think um, they said he's skating something like 20% slower across the board um, this yeah, season. Yeah, CJ put that thing out from NHL Edge. Yeah, and 20% in the at the NHL level, it might as well be like 100%. Like, I, I that, put, sentence, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that puts you like so far behind the game. Um, so I don't think that that's something that scoring two goals in a game necessarily is a, is a benchmark that he's just overcome it and he's good to go moving forward. I think it's going to be a gradual thing that, you know, maybe we'll start to see more and more as time goes on and he'll build back up to it. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad that getting maybe a couple goals helps with the confidence aspect of it. Cause I'm sure he's feeling that mentally and emotionally, that fans don't know his situation and he's you know people are being very hard on him right now so i'm sure you know not under underperforming while injured um i'm sure is still taking a mental and emotional toll so I, I really like that you know if we can get that back on track and the the injury will follow it we'll see it gradually but i don't think you know if people if he, if he starts being slow again next game and people are like what the hell like i thought he was back i thought he scored, scored two goals last game like what's going on here yeah. like patience like he, he'll get there hopefully he has his trey turner moment because didn't weren't there team out chance yeah i don't know if it was the edmonton game or it was the detroit game but there Both. were 
both games. Okay, so there were Timo chance at both games. I mean, again, to speak on like non hockey factors, I'm sure that feels good. Feels good to him. Yeah. Like sure. he, he knows why he was brought here. He knows how much money he's making. Like he doesn't need anyone to tell him how he's playing. He knows that's not good. Um, but he, him also not hitting a lot too was a big factor in the discussion because it was very noticeable because Timo is a guy that will throw hits. He has six yeah. hits in his last three games, so he's getting that back up. Um, he had five shots last game. Obviously, the two goals, meaningful goals too, because he only scored three goals in the game, and yeah. you scored two of them. Like, you were a large factor in the reason why they came with two points. Yeah. So, again, emotional, emotionally, I'm sure he's doing a little bit better. Again, this break probably did a lot of good to him. And it's good. He yeah. scored two goals. You're on break. Okay, next game, you're going to go in with a lot more confidence, feeling good, whatever. Mikey McLeod's your line mate. Like, you have guys like... Dalton Mercer on the other wing, sure, whatever. But like, you have guys on your lines, like who you can work well together for. It's like, again, this is my role. Just go. Yeah, no, I, I, I think agree. He, look, look, he may not be a hundred percent, but he's looked a little bit more normal in the past, like three or four games. I was, yeah, I was gonna say the past two games in particular. I thought he was pretty good against Edmonton, and I thought he was really good against Detroit. Um, yep. Where I. I I kind of notice like he's skating a little bit faster. He's being a little bit more physical. He's getting into the dirtier areas, fighting on the like boards. He, like, he lit someone up in the corner, and it should have yeah. absolutely been a boarding call. But yeah. he blew someone up, and I was like, okay, I was like, all right. I yeah, see, I was like, I that, that's the Timo that we got. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so what do we have uh, coming up here, boys? Um, do 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 the final games of 2023 Columbus tomorrow. The day you're listening, got on Friday. It. Ottawa Friday and then Boston scheduled Boston on Saturday back to back in Boston. Ooh, ooh. That's yeah, we, we gotta win. We gotta win two games. Yeah, Ottawa, two out of three. Is, Ottawa is still reeling. They had their DJ Smith firing and then immediately blew a three goal lead the next game, which is in regulation to the Coyotes. But Wednesday, you gotta win tomorrow. Um, Ottawa Friday, obviously. I think that's in Ottawa with uh, Boston. They've been playing well recently, so who knows? You might catch them too. Um, in, are we in Ottawa? I think we are. Yeah, we're in Ottawa and then in Boston. And then back, in back Boston. Night. That's fucked up. So, the, I mean, so the travel's not horrible because Ottawa to Boston is probably a shorter flight, so it's I, not horrible. But I, again, yeah, it's still, not as bad I've, as not as bad. But like, the scheduling has just been. This season, it's it's been really hard. I mean, obviously not to the three of us and people listening because you're diehards if you're listening to this, but, like, it's been pretty tough to be, like, 100% engaged because it's, like, you play, like, two or three games in a week and then you're off for, like, four days. Yeah. And then yeah. you're you're watching the Rangers, like, rip off, like, two or three games. It's like, wait, do we? Like, BP's tweets, no. like, the Devils may never play again. It's like, it's awful. They have so many days off and they have the most back-to-backs in the yeah. league. Well, that's the brutal which, thing, too, is, like, only... Only four of the back-to-backs are at home. I mean, that might be a good. That might be a good thing considering the way they've been playing at home. But sure, but like the the travel there is like, you know, you you win or lose a game, you get on a flight, you're on a flight for X amount of hours, you're exhausted, and then you got to play the next day too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, one thing I'll toss out there that uh, is interesting, uh, especially for those who like to indulge in a little sports gambling um don't forget that this week uh is holidays for athletes too um we like to think that they are very very regimented tight you know diet substances whatever you want to say um they're not as much as you think uh so they're gonna see you're gonna see some wacky stuff this week and um you know i saw it with you see it with nfl on christmas day yesterday um, these guys are spending their time with their families. They are having fun. They are relaxing. Um, anything can happen. Uh, so I, I, you know, I don't want to like preemptively make excuses here, but if they come out looking slow tomorrow, don't be surprised. Like they are probably right now drinking with their families, like as we speak. So, uh, it's going to be a weird week and that honestly could not come at a worse time for us in terms of standings and, trends and runs and stuff uh it would it, it really is just kind of the worst time if we you know do look a little slow this week but i just want to throw that out there for everyone that just something to think about as a as a precaution and i know every team's going through the same thing because they're all you know people um but they are adult men they are going to be partying this week 
uh, don't be surprised if uh, a couple of them look a little off. So you're saying is when they inevitably let in the first goal in the first shot after dominating for 10 minutes to not be angry? Uh, no, what I'm saying is be very angry, boo them <laughs> at home, um, maybe curse a little bit if you want to, just to make sure no ushers hear you. Um, <laughs> I, got yelled you see... at, I, I got yelled at by an usher one time for cursing. You actually? Yeah, no, like legitimately. Um, I was, this was, like, this. I want to say this was two years ago. I was sitting in like section six or something, row like two. So I was really close to the ice. So I, I wanted to mm. yell something so that I think it was Zdeno Chara who was at the time on the Islanders. I wanted to yell oh. something so that Zdeno Chara could hear it. And I said a no-no word. And this mm. usher comes over to me and he goes, hey, you can't say that, man. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I can. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can. And he was like, well, if you say it again, we're going to have some problems. And then these guys, like, four or five, six seats down, were like, did that guy just tell you not to curse? And then they just start ripping off, like, the most vulgar yeah. shit that you've ever heard in your life. And the usher just, like, runs away. You, well, what's funny about that is they can actually toss you for cursing. It is super really? – yeah, it's against the rules uh, to – use obscenities towards the players okay. uh, they they can kick you out for that okay so then i was going to say so throughout <laughs> the entire arena for whatever that rangers chant had <laughs> yeah no they they absolutely can kick you out you, so you you looked like a real asshole in that one um <laughs> however oh, wow. i will say um i got yelled at one time at a flyers game in philly so you know devil's fan with devil's jersey on um and i was yelling but i didn't curse at all um and that's really kind of the only way they can kick you out like they you know just being obnoxious yelling or something they they can't say much to you in, until you curse um and i had an usher come over to me and be like hey man like you know we can't have you cursing like that you gotta you know if it happens again we're gonna have to ask you to leave like all this stuff and i'm like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. like i didn't curse like that that that's not what happened like I've, I've been very careful not to curse actually so that you can't like throw yeah. me out over this and in my Flyers fan friends had to be like, no, no, like we're with him. Like he's not cursing. Like he didn't do anything. And the usher was just like, well, you know, we got complaints. So I'm just over here because, you know, we, I have to or whatever. I was like, all right, you can like fuck off now, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we were right in front of the suites too. So I think it was just people that, you know, there was there a um, nitty gritty of it. The suits got angry. The there suits was, got uh, angry. There was a Devils fan. Um, who I wanted to drop kick uh, the last game I went to. What um, for? So it was against the Oilers, right? So it was I was already in a bad mood because you know we were getting outplayed, um, and I'm sitting all the way in the back, top row of like the I think it was section two thirty one, right? So I'm against the wall, and in front of me is the seats or the the stairs, right? So I'm mm -hmm. I'm one of two people who is sitting on the stairs and this woman comes up the stairs in the middle of period two, right? Parks herself right in front of me and is just standing there. And I said, I said nothing for the first like two minutes. Okay. And she starts yelling to section two thirty, right? Cause she had like, she had like group tickets or something. And she was like, she was like trying to clear the seats so, like, whoever, like, didn't have a ticket there, like, you gotta go, right? But she was in section between 231 and 232, yelling to two sections over. And my girlfriend, who's sitting next to me, is like, hey, like, would you mind, like, hopping over to 230 if you're gonna, like, say something to section 230? And she just turns around and she goes, no, I'm gonna stay right here. And I didn't say anything. For another minute and a half, and the play is directly in front of me, so now I'm, like, like I'm trying to, like, avoid this woman at all costs, and for some wild reason, she's just following whatever movement I make. And I was like, look, like, you gotta stop. Like, you have to move. You need to move. And she goes, no, I'm not gonna move. So, like, 30 seconds later, I stand up, and I just go, woo! Man, I love national stand in the stand on the stairs oh in the middle of everyone's God. way day. So I screamed at everyone fucking looks over at me and she just like her jaw drops and she's like, Are you good? And I was like, Are you good? Could you fuck off? Like please can you go to the section that you are yelling towards? Please. 
and she left. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I don't know if this is like a me thing or a you thing, but I, my like view of you is as this like calm, reserved person. <laughs> So when you tell me stuff like that, I just like I I can't even like was, fathom I was, it. I was gonna say I'm the I was gonna say like this is exactly how I thought you would react. <laughs> I just gotta hang around like, a little more. Like I, I usually like during hockey games, I usually am. I'm pretty like you know I'm like I'm making mental notes. I'm like ah you know that wasn't a great play. That was a great play. Or like I'll hear someone next to me be like you should shoot it. And I'm thinking to myself fucking like shut up. Like, nope. <laughs> but I'm not gonna say anything. Well, uh, no, no, hold on, hold on. People who yell shoot are the backbone of the economy. I've started yelling shoot when the goalie has the puck. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I have um, these friends I go to games with that any any single time, every single time, uh, a player has a puck behind the goal, they yell, Michigan! <laughs> uh, it's a great bit. It's funny every time. Uh, like, even if a defender has the puck behind the net, like, ready to break out, yeah. you're like, Michigan! <laughs> That, yeah, that's great. Um, no, I, uh, much like uh, being outrageous is part of being a sports fan, um, I think that carries over into just yelling, like, absurd, random nonsense at games like shoot when, like, there's two guys between the player who has the puck and the net and there's, like, no shooting lane open whatsoever. Yeah. Just Ryan Gates is like, okay. Yeah, yell shoot anyway. <laughs> who cares, man? Like, you paid for your ticket. <laughs> yeah. Bro, bads. Bad fan experiences at games are so they just hurt my soul. I was at a Bills play the Bills playoff game last year against the Dolphins, and I had like the worst fan experience ever. I mean, granted, first of all, paint the picture. It's in Buffalo. If you know anything about the Buffalo Bills or their fans, you know where this is going. This lady was belligerent. She's like, yeah, it's like, oh, like my husband, like he took my phone, he took my car. She's ripping like some vape or like some like nicotine pen dropping it all over the place like drooping herself all over me we have seats that are like it's me and my buddy and then like a couple of other people that we're with like we have to get separate seats because like don't have tickets or whatever it's with me and him and i got the bad seat and i have this like middle-aged buffalonian woman who's like blood alcohol levels are well past the legal limit she's like spewing about like her husband her boyfriend whatever like her lost phone i'm like I'm like lady i'm just trying to see josh allen fucking throw the ball 70 yards on the field to get out of here <laughs> i hate football games i cannot go to football games the one football game i went to i went to a giants eagles game in philly and i was like i was like nine years old all right it wasn't it depends, by it choice depends, it depends on the market see buffalo good experience philly probably good experience because the fans are passionate matt life sucks my dad my dad is a giants fan and he had a Giants sticker on the back of his i think it was like a 2002 impala or something and we get back to the car and like some Eagles fan took a baseball bat to his mirror and we were like, all right, well, we're never going to a football game again. That was about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I've told this story before. I maybe even on this podcast, but, um, I had, uh, I was at a devil's flyers game, um, in the parking lot tailgating before the game. It was a 12 o'clock noon start. Um, so it was like, we, sh we showed up to the parking lot at like 10 a.m brought cornhole you know 30 rack of miller lights we were just hanging out put a jbl speaker on the you know front of my car as as a truck at the time and uh you know we're having a good time playing cornhole in the in the lane in front of my truck and um i'm like throwing a bag and i see my truck like lurch forward and i was like what was that <laughs> so i go around back and this dude's bumper is like still currently buried in my back bumper and the guy shuts his car off and gets out of the car. And I'm like, hey, hey, buddy, like, your bumper's literally still in my bumper. Like, my truck is still literally, like, forward right now. Like, you hit me. And he gets out, and he sees my devil jersey. And he did this, like, real sarcastic, like, ooh, ooh, are, are, are you going to be okay, man? Like, ooh. Like, and I was just like, dude, like, what? I, 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 how do I explain this? Like, you're, you, our cars are still touching, bud. Like. <laughs> And so he gets in his car, moves his back like an inch so they're not touching anymore, then gets out of his car, tells me to go fuck myself, and then walks into the arena. <laughs> um, and it was just so, like, the game was going to start in 30 minutes, so I wasn't going to, like, call the police and file reports. Like, I wanted to go into the game. Yeah, it was yeah. a small crack on my bumper. It wasn't a big deal. But at the same time, it was just like, man, like, everything they say about Philly fans is just so true. They're the worst. 
It happens to everyone. They're the worst. I think Philly fans from New Jersey are pretty fun. Um, Delco, baby. <laughs> Bro, I went to school out in PA, so I know all about Delco. If I didn't, know, if I didn't go out to school there, I wouldn't know what Delco is. Delco, whatever you hear about Delco is true. <laughs> and Philly fans, Eagles fans from Philly are about as rambunctious. Bro, I graduated in 2017. I'm aging myself here. I graduated in 2017, the year before the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, also, you got I out. Know, side note, I'm a Cowboys fan, so that would be even worse. So I got out at the right time. But the story, the stories I heard of Eagles when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, like couches were on fire, people were out in the street. I couldn't even imagine, like, whatever Broad Street in Philly. But yeah, whatever, whatever you hear about Philly, it's true. true. Anytime they have a big game, they grease the poles around the city so that people can't climb them. And then they do it anyway. They climb the greased poles. Um, and I think that's a perfect spot to end this podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's wow. <laughs> they, had, on greased poles. they had not one, but two police horse assaults of people punching police horses after the Super Bowl <laughs> what win. What the fuck? <laughs> police um. horses. Holy shit! All right, yeah, I, I got it. I think I gotta get off here. Yeah, I got, I got nothing. I got nothing left. It's a pleasure as always. We should maybe we should do this more often. Yeah. Absolutely. So, side note: if you're still listening after all of that, we're gonna try and tweak the schedule a little bit to uh, maybe get this out a little bit more frequently. Yeah, like you know, not once a month, but like once, twice a week. Yeah, maybe once, once a year. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be around. All right. Take it easy, everyone. See you, boys. Jesper Bratt is the best player in the NHL.